0: Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest is Ingrid Bacci, an Alexander Technique teacher who lives and works in Cortland Manor, New York, which is about 45 minutes north of New York City. Ingrid has has written two books, uh, The Art of Effortless Living and Effortless Pain Relief. And both those books have been translated into quite a few languages, have been Book of the Month Club selections, and have been featured in Oprah's magazine, O. She also uh, works at Beth Israel's Continuum Center for Health and Healing in Manhattan. And she has um, taken, I would say, from what, what I know, which is that she has taken the Alexander Technique into some somewhat different directions than perhaps it's normally thought of in terms of simply healing or simply uh, improving physical functioning. And she's taken it into a, a wider spectrum. And I've asked Ingrid to be on the show today to talk a little bit about what she, what she's doing, how it came about, and... Um, Welcome welcome to the show Ingrid.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on this show Rick.
0: If you could just Robert. start with um a very short de- description of the technique and then and then tell us how you came to it and and how you use it.
1: Okay, uh Robert, I'm going to use some pretty simple language to describe the technique. Let's just say somebody wants to uh, improve their physical function or to heal in some way they've got a problem that they're probably aware of physically that's where it usually starts that they want to heal that could be pain that could be difficulty with speaking It could be a variety of things and so the principle of the technique is that and i'm gonna say this very simply but it actually has very profound implications number one you want to become more aware of how to feel your body so most of us think about things so much that we're out of touch with our bodies so you start with becoming more aware of what's happening in your body and then the focus is that most uh, pain and dysfunction is related in some way to a subliminal tension, tension that we're not aware of. So you start by feeling your body, and then your teacher helps you become aware of and to release tensions that are um, uh, affecting your function. And there's a specific way. Uh, to do this, that involves, um, from the point of view of the Alexander technique, um, the most important area to re- reduce tension or release tension is in the back of your neck or the relationship between your head and your neck. And if you think of that, that's kind of the primary place or the initial place where all stress starts. If you think of an animal getting stressed, the hackles rise on the back of their neck and um alexander the the man who founded the alexander technique recognized that um very profoundly that uh, if you can release that place um at the back of the uh, in the head neck relationship then that in turn helps you to release tension throughout the whole body and in the process of doing this you pay a lot more attention to Uh, how you're doing things rather than what you want to get done. So, for example, if I'm getting up out of a chair, I usually don't think about how I get up out of a chair. But in the Alexander Technique, you think, okay, what's happening in my neck? What's happening in my back? What's happening in my shoulders? And the teacher helps you basically use imagery, directions, self-awareness to release um, tension. And what I do want to say right here is that... I have found these basic principles to be incredibly profound in all aspects of both physical, emotional, and mental functioning, which is why Alexander Technique principles have performed, have have operated as a foundation for virtually everything I teach and how I work with people.
0: Mm -hmm. And uh, I know that you have... um... You you had an, a health experience or a health crisis, I suppose, that led you to the Alexander Technique and to other modalities, is that correct?
1: Yes, indeed. Um, I was in my early 30s. I was a young professor. I was teaching in the State University of New York, um, pretty type A personality. I'd gone to Harvard in Columbia, and it was really important for me to achieve and uh, in my early 30s, my first my back started bothering me, and then essentially over a, a period of a couple of months, my whole body collapsed so that I couldn't walk. I had pain radiating throughout my entire body, was incredibly weak as well. I was hospitalized a number of times. I saw numerous specialists. And I was uh, put on various drug therapies um, and nutritional therapies as well, and the nutritional therapies helped somewhat. But bottom line, I would say, is I was basically stuck for a couple of years. It was a very depressing period of my life. I'd I'd get a little better, then I'd get worse, and then... um, Uh, I actually started working with my uh, breathing. I read about using breath awareness. This was 30 years ago. Um, And thought, oh, okay, I can begin to pay attention to my breathing. And realized that that actually uh, doing that and learning to breathe more easily actually reduced the pain in my body. And then a friend of mine uh, mentioned the Alexander technique. And I went for a lesson and the very first lesson that I had I immediately decided I was going to do the training signed up and did the training in New York City hmm. and so uh,
0: we should say that that's a pretty pretty major commitment of time and money it's a 3 year process to train to become an Alexander technique teacher
1: right it, and it was and the the bottom line of that awareness was for the first time in all the medical help that people had given me for the very first time somebody not only told me but showed me how i could use awareness of my own physical sensations to reduce the pain that i had
0: that's interesting that's a really interesting point i'd never heard it put quite like that before but 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 i'm sure that's correct that most medical people don't think to use those sensations constructively let's say
1: that's right they they don't really talk about you can think about the alexander technique is just a brilliant way to use your own feedback to comment yes. to say if something's wrong if there's something wrong in my body something's not going right well i can use my feedback okay mm-hmm. i can explore i can uh play around uh and 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 figure out Um, how I I can use the assumption that there's something that I'm doing that I can shift to improve. And that's a very, very profound, very empowering principle, I think, that's underneath a lot of the
0: Alexander Technique. So at some point, uh, it it sounds like you you came to realize that processes like the Alexander technique and I know you've you've trained in cranial sacral therapy as well that these processes can not only heal one physically maybe heal is not quite the right word here but certainly make profound physical allow for profound physical changes but can also transform uh, emotional mental and behavioral patterns in all areas of someone's life and and that's an area where I think probably the Alexander technique is not so well known or appreciated and I think it'd be very interesting to hear your mm-hmm. uh, how you've used the technique in those areas.
1: Well, I I think that connection is actually extremely important and let me just tell a little bit of history to tell you how I how I got there. Um, So when I was using the Alexander Technique as I became an Alexander Technique teacher and then I let go of being a professor and put out my shingle and started teaching actually a combination of Alexander Technique, I also ran meditation classes Um, and uh, I had gotten a lot better physically. Now I could function. I still had occasional periods of chronic pain or occasional periods of pain, but I was functioning and physically functioning alive and by most people's terms relatively well and um there were two things and and i became very very interested in this whole concept because of the impact of the alexander technique that if i just try and reduce the effort of what i'm doing then things improve and so uh there were two things that helped me kind of um, expand on that idea. And the first was that I actually um, trained in vision therapy to improve my eyes and the functioning of my eyes. And I went to a brilliant, uh, what's called a behavioral optometrist, whose entire um, uh, orientation was... That healing the eyes involves from nearsightedness, from double vision, and so on, involves learning how to see more effortlessly, which, of course, Alexander Technique is about mm-hmm. using less mm-hmm. effort. Mm-hmm. And he got me involved in doing things with my eyes and just continually observing what was happening with my body as I was doing things with my eyes. And my eyes improved dramatically dramatically. And, and I was also reading at that time about vision therapy and the whole idea inherent in a lot of vision therapy that effortlessness is equivalent to heightened performance. And at the same time, and I could see that everything, I was doing things more easily, you know, not only with less pain, but more easily. And then at the same time, I got very interested in Buddhism. And Buddhism at that time made a huge impact on me because the way I experienced it was that it was giving me, in in Buddhist philosophy, the way to self-healing, spiritual expansion and also growth of community and love, if I can put it that way. In other words, mental, emotional and spiritual and communal healing is through the focus on peace and of course in Buddhist traditions also uh, peace is not just a concept it's a physiological practice so it's a practice of releasing tensions in the body through body awareness and through breath and what I began to realize was that um, this concept of peace made a lot, not only a lot of sense to me, and it fit in with the Alexander technique, but it gave me a choice for a way of dealing with a pattern that I'd been raised with, which had something to do with being right, doing the right thing, being a good girl, you know, being good as opposed to sinful, and so on. And I realized that... Most of the time, when I got caught in thinking about what I should do, or what my obligations were, that I would often feel tension in my body, and that, in fact, a lot of the tension that had come into my body had come in as a function of taking these social rules that I'd been given and applying them to my life, kind of fitting my. square peg into a round hole or something like that. And that the basic Buddhist concepts that you will find your way to right behavior by practicing inner peace made a lot more sense. And so now I had a philosophy of life overall that fit directly with the Alexander Technique principles. And I also had, because the Alexander Technique principles are all about releasing tension, and I also had the encouragement from the Buddhist philosophy to begin to be much more aware of how tension came into my body or how I could release tension not only when I was playing tennis or golf or getting up out of a chair or had experiences with pain, but also when I might, let's say, get into an argument with somebody or um, when I might think about whether I should or shouldn't visit, um, uh, you know, somebody, you know, my mother or my sister or whether I should or shouldn't perform Uh, Something that my mind was telling me I should do, or maybe I was feeling bad about something, and so on. So I began to have, I began to see that the Buddhist principle on peace, which is physiological as well as mental and emotional, was something that could fit incredibly well with the Alexander technique. And then I began to see that it actually, you know, if I applied this, let's say, to uh, having a discussion with somebody or to working on the computer, that by focusing on my body sensations continually, I was actually, my mind was becoming much more focused. And my I had a tool for dealing with emotional turbulence. And I had a way of seeing that emotional conflict was always tied up it is always tied up with physical tension Mm -hmm. and uh, so so the whole emphasis of the work began uh, spreading out into this way of approaching life as a whole as a form of let's say non-doing and of course this is a basic buddhist principle but what the Alexander Technique provides you with is incredibly sophisticated tools for becoming more conscious of how to apply that
0: tool. Mm-hmm. And when you say uh, the Alexander Technique provides sophisticated tools, I, I think a listener might be concerned that, this gonna, that it's a very complex process. And I, I, think, I think we should make it clear that it's actually a fairly uh, Simple process, not always easy at first, but that it's not—it's not, for example, about learning how to control every muscle or joint in your body, which really you couldn't do. Right. It, it, it—in it, a way, I would say part of the genius of uh, Alexander's discoveries is that he figured out um, s- some key intervention points where you could. Pay perhaps a bit more attention to to those areas, and they would have far-reaching implications for the rest of your body. But- yes,
1: that's true, and and of course for him, a lot of that was involved in the relationship between the head and the neck. But I, mm-hmm. if I can just expand on on uh, your thought, um, mm-hmm. I I think the bit it's, this is not about um, control. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. about it's about um uh you could call it self-nurturance and self-awareness so it i'll just give a simple example from somebody uh who came in uh yesterday who was feeling had uh we've had He's a foreman in an engineering company, and we've had a lot of damage here recently. We've been through a major storm, a semi-hurricane, which has knocked down thousands of trees and so on. So he'd had a very full week and was somewhat agitated and was aware of it. He's done work with me, but hadn't been able to kind of really manage it, okay? Mm -hmm. And so um, as... We were working on a table and I was just helping him release tension in the neck and in the shoulders just by using some simple imagery, which always starts with, let's feel this place. Let's just feel it. Because, of course, when we're agitated, our attention is focused outward. So let's just feel it. Mm -hmm. And then perhaps using imagery and I'd use my hands, you know, so let's just feel it and then let's just imagine, let's say, softening. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or let's just imagining spreading out. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And we went that way through various parts of the body. What I what I think I'm trying to say is that all of this work really revolves around how am I? <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. How am I? And around the assumption that tension is really on some level about self-punitive behavior.
0: Mhm. Now that's an okay. interesting thought. Yeah. Okay. Mhm.
1: Tension is on some level about self-punitive behavior and self-punitive behavior originates in some kind of feeling which is inevitable when we're infants of I'm not okay because of dependency, you know, and and I have to try and Work to make myself okay, whether it's by doing what daddy wants or, uh, you know, in, in some way feeling endangered or threatened, which is just a normal human experience. So then we try to control. And what actually happens is, as everybody knows, we have better mastery when we're relaxed than we do when we're agitated. But we lose, because our culture doesn't teach us how to do that, we lose the technology, if I can put it that way, of learning to come back to ourselves and release the tension. So this work is really about, how am I? Mm -hmm. And, okay, so let me pay attention to that, and if I can release that tension, ah, okay. And I can use images, I can just be present, and I come back to myself, and then by coming back to myself, I have more space to deal with the situation around me, and I'm also kinder,
0: yeah, you know I think maybe an an uh, yet another way of describing that is for I think most of us are are living in a in a culture where if something is not working out w- the, the the impulse is to try to do something to fix the situation, mm-hmm. and really, uh, what what the basic a basic Alexander principle is, before you you start doing some new thing, or perhaps even instead of doing some new thing, it would be a pretty good idea to find out what you're doing now, already, and it's. More than likely that some of what you're doing now is not helping you, and that would and so and there are ways that you can learn to stop doing the things that don't help you absolutely and, and, yeah. and I think that distinction between attempting to solve a problem by by uh, let's say fixing it in some way or by by Take, se- stepping back a little bit and seeing what it is that you're doing that might not be helpful and then just stop doing those things. That's a huge distinction, I think, between the Alexander Technique and many, many other um, modalities that are out there.
1: I I agree with you 100%. And so uh, to put that in terms of another tradition, mm-hmm. uh, it would be that uh, how you improve your life in whatever you're doing is actually more by unlearning than by learning. In other words, you observe, you, you let go of something within yourself as opposed to trying to do something. You know, as opposed to, so, so just taking a simple example... Um, you know, if I'm playing tennis, let's say, instead of thinking, well, I've got to throw the ball up exactly this way, and then I've got to learn this new way of serving and twisting my hand or whatever. And it's not that none of those things are useful, but in the Alexander technique, you'd say, well, if you're having chronic trouble getting that serve in the right place, let's look at the way you're bringing tension into your body, Mm -hmm. okay? So let's let's look at how we can let go of something as opposed to how we can do something more. So it's really like all performance life itself is is when we can flow freely we flow best. And in a sense the Alexander technique is about free flow. Now this has this concept has dramatic implications in terms of uh, how, we, how we think and how we use our minds because in many ways the Alexander Technique fits in with spiritual traditions which say essentially if you learn to stop the mental process, in other words stop the mental chatter, okay, then real knowledge Uh, comes through or real information comes through in the Alexander technique the way that that's said is you don't pay attention to your mind you pay attention to your sensations right right and you pay attention to uh, letting go of tensions in your body and when you actually let go of tensions in your body your mind gets quieter as well so the um the implication of this this goes far beyond um just that concept that the mind gets quieter because in eastern traditions what actually happens is that the more your mental chatter stops which is what we usually associate with what i what do i have to do you know do i have to buy magnesium do i have to uh, do this exercise do i have to practice more do i have to call this person those are all what do i do and that's all mental chatter in uh the alexander technique if you expand this concept of releasing tension basically what you do is You let go of lists of to-do, you get quiet, and real understanding of what you need to do emerges in that way. So you can use, for example, the the Alexander Technique to teach intuition to people. It's a terrific tool for enhancing greater intuition, and intuition is nothing more than being able to be more present to your non conscious Uh, Mind to the non-conscious self. Or you can use basic principles of the Alexander Technique or integrate it with, for example, helping people to um, uh, do uh, regressions, let's say, where they get in contact with some kind of trauma or some kind of memory that might in turn be inhibiting their functioning or might in turn be creating um... emotional conflict because again the core idea here is that if we learn to let go then everything functions better our emotions flow more freely our awareness fun- functions at a heightened level our body fun- functions at a heightened level and the interesting thing here is that it, as I've, I've explored many spiritual traditions and numerous physical healing uh, traditions. And um, there are three traditions in particular that I feel um, come exactly in line in terms of their basic principles of what makes us tick and how we tick well come exactly in line with the Alexander Technique. And those three are craniosacral therapy, polarity therapy, And Raja Yoga, which is an ancient system of, um, uh, you know, healing on all mentals, mental, emotional, physical, um, and obtaining, you know, the highest mental and emotional physical functioning that one can obtain. And all of those, and I'm going to get a little esoteric now, view the healing on all levels arises when you can perfectly balance the body around a central point in the head neck relationship all of them at that oh, same that's principle interesting. That's interesting. It's fascinating yeah. absolutely yeah. fascinating they just have different ways of approaching the same goal and i think that what happened with you know with the alexander technique alexander after all grew up in a certain era and taught in a certain era era, kind of the end of the Victorian era. And so he worked with people without making some of those transitions to the deeper emotional and spiritual connections because that was part of the tradition that he was working in. But those connections are actually obvious when you start doing the work. And I think, you know, all of us find that While many people may start to come to the Alexander technique for physical healing, they start having emotional realizations, or they start becoming, they start functioning better in all aspects of their life, or they start saying, gee, you know, I'm getting along better with my spouse, and I didn't know this would help me in that way. And those are the kind of trickle-out effects of this practice of deep. Body awareness and release of physiological tension.
0: Mm-hmm. And you know, just listening to you now, I, I can't help but think of um, in 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 the Old Testament there are a couple, two or three occasions when uh, God gets angry and uh, refers to the Israelites as stiff-necked people, Absolutely. which is which is a fascinating thing for for God to say because uh he focuses right on the neck and it, the tr- the translation in hebrew literally is the scruff of the neck Absolutely. so um clearly the the idea that there's something important about the head neck we could say head neck upper torso relationship is pretty important to the way in which we function and that's been recognized in in, in those other modalities that you talked about, that the, the yoga and, and cranial sacral work, but also it, it shows up in 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 religion as well. Absolutely, so, and in our everyday language. In our everyday language, yeah. I mean, when you think somebody's of a pain in the neck. Pain in the neck, <laughs> yeah. and you think of someone who you would describe as being stiff-to-necked, they probably don't have the mental agility, and uh, that would be one of the symptoms that you might notice. They're kind of mentally stuck as well as as physically stuck. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I th- or somebody
1: not having, just to expand a little bit, when you say that person has no spine,
0: you know, that's mm-hmm. a common, Mm-hmm. uh turn of phrase and those those turns of phrases um i i think uh, ha- have deep uh, connections to reality i mean they're I, very I, they're, very meaningful they're very meaningful mm-hmm. they otherwise they wouldn't be uh phrases like that that everyone everyone identifies with um we're going to have a second conversation about the Alexander technique and and cranial sacral therapy, because there's some absolutely fascinating connections there. Is there anything else so that you would like to say on the topic that we're we're covering right now? Um, I'd just
1: like to make uh one other connection, I think, for I think a lot of people um, are practicing yoga these days. And I would say, and, and of course I'm, I'm actually a, a fan of yoga. I've practiced Iyengar yoga for many, many years. But I would actually say for people who are interested in practicing yoga, the integration of a, taking some Alexander Technique lessons can be hugely beneficial for um, understanding how to work with yoga in a way that really opens you up even more efficiently. Because, again, um, what the Alexander Technique does that in a way that almost no other discipline does is it continually brings you back to the awareness of the body and to that uh perception of how to not only release tension in your neck, but basically to open from the spine outwards and to have a center in the spine with everything radiating out uh, from there. And, um, you know, that's what we are. Our central nervous system, our electromagnetic circuitry goes up and down the spine and Mm -hmm. that governs absolutely everything in In our lives
0: mhm so in and, and and even more than than yoga, I would say probably any activity that you take up martial a martial arts or sports Absolutely. or yeah. uh, or cooking i mean it it hardly matters what the activity is because the, the Alexander technique, in its pure form, I guess you could say, is not especially interested in what you do but how you do whatever you've decided to do. Right, And if right. you've decided to take up yoga and are going to um, really test your flexibility and strength in new ways, it's probably a good idea to have some Alexander background to help you do it uh, as well as possible. Absolutely. And, and with as little yeah. risk of, of injury as possible. Yeah.
1: And I would like to say uh, one more thing, Robert, if you don't mind. Sure. Which is that um, there's, because this is kind of untreaded territory, Uh, in terms of the Alexander Technique, there's when uh, everybody grows up with some level of emotional conflict, it's just part of being human, okay? Or some level of experiences they have that they repress on some level and so on. And those things are whenever you have any kind of conflict or repression it's lodged in the body. In other words, in some sense, energetically, physically, it creates a tension in the body. And so one of the things that happens, and one of the things I'd like to be able to talk with you further about at some point, is that the more you release tensions in the body, the more you also have an opportunity to become aware of and to release emotional patterns that keep you from moving forward in your life. And, um, you know, so, so that's a huge, huge healing territory. And I think the combination of Alexander Technique with work that is more specifically focused on emotional healing can be incredibly powerful.
0: Mm-hmm. And and I think it's worth noting here that F. Matthias Alexander, who was the developer of... The Alexander Technique felt that just based on his experiences came to the belief that that there is no separation at all between mind and body. They're really just two aspects of the same thing, which sounds a little commonplace today, but when he was putting that idea forth a hundred and some years ago, it was was pretty far out in, in Western circles anyway. Yeah, and and I agree, and uh, it may sound
1: commonplace today, but really getting it is a whole other deal. There's absolutely no separation between the mind, the body, and our emotional life. They're all different facets of the same diamond, different expressions of the same thing. You change one and you change the others. Exactly. And uh, learning how to do that and having the... You know, the in, inner technology, if I can put it for doing that, is the real dance of life.
0: Yeah, you know, inner technology is a good term for what the Alexander Technique is about. It, yeah. it gives you some tools that you can use yourself that can have profound uh, influences on your well-being on, on all sorts of levels. Absolutely. So why don't we end this conversation here, if that's okay, Ingrid? Yeah, absolutely. And, um... This is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and my guest today has been Ingrid Bocci, who's an Alexander Technique teacher and practitioner of several other modalities. She lives in Cortland Manor, which is north of New York City. And uh, if uh, Ingrid, thank you so much for being on the show today.
1: You're very welcome. Thanks for having me, Robert.